When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we're waiting. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Golf and Filter podcast. Back after a couple week hiatus, and I'll explain where I was uh, in those last two weeks. But I am your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, editor in chief over at golfandfilter.com. Follow me on Twitter at golfunfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfandfiltered.com. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, and a few other places as well. Everything on the front page of the website. So I had mentioned that I've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately, and I got to tell you, I've been having some issues with this podcasting feed, and I'm not 100% sure how to fix it. And what's even more worrisome is that the people who are supposed to be able to help me, uh, they don't know how to fix it either. So let me explain exactly what's going on. I run the site Golf Unfiltered on WordPress.com, and within WordPress, there's a plugin. Uh, PowerPress, uh, made by the folks over at Blueberry, uh, which I use to post all of my podcasts on. Well, for some reason, over the course of multiple updates, because those of you who are aware of WordPress or have used it, you know that WordPress updates pretty frequently. Uh, Over the course of a few of those updates, my podcast feed got corrupted somehow. And so whenever I posted a new uh, podcast, The RSS feed, which is essentially what you have to subscribe to whenever you go to iTunes or Google or even right off the website, the new episodes were not showing up as new episodes. In fact, the date was listed as December 2000. So many apologies. Not sure why the podcast feed started to do that. So you probably haven't seen many new episodes automatically download on your iPhone or whatever, your smartphone. But that's the reason why. So I reach out to the folks over at Blueberry, uh, and they're not 100% sure either. Essentially, they come back and say it's not an issue on our end. It's probably something having to do with WordPress. We encourage you to reach out to your web host, blah, 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 blah. You know, and unfortunately, it's, it's just not easy, that easy to get in touch with people, even at WordPress or any web host or anything of that nature. So long story short, I'm trying to uh, move the podcast feed over to a new service. We'll see if that helps things out. That's actually in the process of uh, occurring right now. Um, And uh, hopefully there's going to be a few updates uh, once we get that figured out. So at any rate, we got a lot to talk about today. I'm recording this on Sunday evening, about 5 p.m. Central Time. And a few hours ago, uh, Mr. Henrik Stenson won his first major as a professional by winning the Open Championship, British Open, whatever you want to call it, uh, which really turned into a two-man race between him and Phil Mickelson. Now, uh, Henrik was the 54-hold leader. It was the first time in his career that he had held that position in a major. And Mickelson was right there, you know, good old Phil, on his heels throughout the tournament. 
Um, and really, it was just these two guys all four days over at Royal Troon, which, you know, really proved to be a fitting venue. It always does. Uh, this is being, you know, uh, Troon being a, a venue that has hosted multiple Open Championships in the past, uh, both on the male and female side. But these scores that Mickelson and Hendrick were were shooting up there, they they distanced themselves so far from the rest of the pack that it really literally became a two-man race. Stenson, of course, with the winning score, the new record-breaking score of 20 under par, which included a record-tying uh, 63 in his final round to win his first major. Of course, he's tied. He, uh, tied Johnny Miller, which I'm sure uh, everyone joked a lot about over on Twitter, and I know that that was going through my head as well, watching it happen. Uh, and the man who finished second, Phil, he finished at 17 under, just two shots behind the all-time record, or the previous all-time record, which was held by Tiger Woods back in 2000. Uh, and Phil opened his uh, Open Championship uh, with a 63 of his own on Thursday, so Definitely the two guys who played the best throughout T to green, and I believe Stenson finished first in greens and regulation, and Phil finished third. Just incredible stats for these two guys, and it was a lot of fun to watch. I will admit, I did not watch most of the final round. I actually had to watch it on replay when I got back home. Uh, went and bought a TV today. Who does that to goes and buys a TV after the championship is over? But at least I've got that in time for the Olympics. Uh, and for the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup. I forget about that, of course, coming up in September. So, you know, it's it's interesting when we have these two players, two great players, one, of course, uh, in Phil Mickelson, who has won multiple majors. Uh, he's got five already on his resume. And at the age of 46, had he finished it off today, winning his sixth major, he would have become the oldest to win the Open Championship uh, since... Uh, good old, I believe it's old Tom Morris or young Tom Morris, one of the Tom Morrises <laughs> way back when in the 1800s. And it would have been a great story in and of itself. Henrik Stenson, of course, being the bigger story, in my opinion, winning his first major long overdue. And he's also in his 40s, actually just turned 40 in April. So long overdue, certainly a great championship to make it your first major over at uh, you know the Open Championship. And he's been right there multiple times in his career. Everyone remembers Henrik as you know the type of guy, maybe not so much anymore, but certainly in years past as being a guy that was a little hot-headed. We all remember seeing the videos on on YouTube or on the internet. Otherwise, you know, Henrik breaking his putter over his head or whatever. He has a tendency to get a little hot-headed, but nowadays he can call himself a major championship winner. And I believe a lot of that has to do with the fact that he doesn't get that angry anymore, at least not that we can see. So much enjoyed watching as much golf as I could uh, over this, uh, this weekend. It's obviously kind of tough for us over uh, in, in the States to watch the Open Championship with everything getting teed off or kicked off or whatever very early in the morning. Um, but still, it's a fun time, and I know there are a lot of diehards out there that uh, wake up at 3 in the morning, you know, a few folks might actually crack open a few beers and watch the Open before the sun even rises over here at Stateside. So was not able to do that this year, possibly next year. But, um, you know, that alone, it, I don't know. I know a lot of people who love the Open Championship slash British Open. I'm not the person who's going to say that it's my favorite. Um, certainly the Masters is my favorite to, uh, to watch, but... 
there are those of us who really enjoy the Open Championship, and I believe, for some reason, I feel that the, the U.S. Open kind of plays third fiddle to those two. Um, doesn't have as much history as the other two. Ah, and I think, certainly, this year, the USGA isn't really doing much to help itself either. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to talk a lot about just the debacles that are happening, and we already kind of did in, in a previous podcast uh, about the uh, the rules snafu that occurred with Dustin Johnson at the U.S. Open this uh, this year. We saw something very similar at the Women's U.S. Open uh, with Anna Nordquist, and I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on over at the USGA, but thank God it didn't happen again at the Open Championship. Of course, it would have been with the Royal and Ancient Golf Club, or the RNA as we all know it. Uh, but they ran a, a great tournament. The course held up the way it was supposed to hold up, with the exception, of course, of two guys who were playing out of their skulls. That's going to happen every so often. It was great entertaining golf uh, throughout the week, and it was something that's going to go down in history as one of the more classic uh, finishes uh, in the Open Championship. So, once again, Henrik Stenson is your winner. First major championship, and uh, hopefully, not sure how many more uh, opportunities he'll have in him. And again, he's 40 years old. We'll see, though. Maybe this will uh, kick something off here, a la Zach Johnson or any other uh, players who, uh, you know, win again later on in their career. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more reaction throughout the week. You're going to be able to hear that on many of your favorite podcasts as well as ours. Um, What I did want to talk a little bit about the second topic today was something that actually occurred before the Open Championship and is going to bleed over into the Olympics. Rory McIlroy, we've heard many different takes on the the comments that he had regarding him uh, or his decision to not play in the uh, Olympic Games in Rio. And uh, many people have, and we've we've spoken about this, many people are believing or believe that a lot of players are backing out of Rio these days, not so much because of health concerns. Some, I'm sure, uh, don't want to get the old nasty Zika virus. (laughs) Those who want to continue to... uh, you know, add to their family, want to have more children, so on and so forth. Obviously, golf is a game that you're going to be outside for, you know, hours on end, and golfers presumably are going to be at a higher risk than other Olympic athletes. Uh, but there's always there, there was always some something fishy about the entire thing, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, the first player that backed out officially from the Olympics, if I can remember correctly, was Adam Scott, and he was basically citing nothing about health concerns, mainly because the Zika virus news had really became become mainstream at that point. Uh, but he was more concerned about just the overall playing format, which again is just another stroke play tournament, if for those who didn't know. Uh, but also just the, the tournament schedule outside of uh, the Olympics, meaning including this week, leading up to the Ryder Cup, there's going to be a ton of golf to be played. Obviously, Adam Scott can't play in the Ryder Cup, but we're going to have, I believe, what, in two weeks, 14 days from today, we have another major. We have the PGA Championship coming up. That's incredible. We're going to have a WGC uh, World uh, World Golf Championship at some point as well, not to mention the FedEx Cup playoffs, four events in there. There's just a lot of high-profile golf that has to be played in a very short time span. 
So Adam Scott didn't want to play in the Olympics. He wanted to dedicate himself to what he felt to be more important. He got he was met with a fair amount of you know opinions uh, one way or the other in regard to that. But for the most part, people understood. Hey, no problem. He's going to play. Uh, you know, for uh, Australia, whatever. They're probably not going to have a huge showing uh, in the Olympics anyway. Which I actually heard somebody say that. And let's not forget who the number one champion, or number one player in the world is, and where he's from. But that aside, everyone kind of understood and gave Adam Scott the benefit of the doubt. But not Rory McIlroy, and not at this stage in the game, especially when he goes out during a press conference prior to the Open Championship. And basically just tells everyone really what he's thinking. And that is, no, I don't want to play in the Olympics because it just doesn't matter to me. Oh my God, everyone freaked out. Nobody wanted to hear what Rory McIlroy really had to say, even though we always ask for these players to be open and honest and tell us exactly what they're thinking. But we really didn't really want to hear that, though. We didn't want to hear it. Not from the guy that is supposed to speak for so many people in his generation, especially over in uh, Northern Ireland. And yet he still goes out. He takes off any filter that he has, being completely unfiltered in his own right, and essentially just tells the world, no, I don't want to play. It doesn't matter to me. It's not my job to grow the game. I started golf because I want to, I play golf because I want to win majors and I want to win championships. And I'm paraphrasing this quote. Now, I read a lot of different opinions on this, especially on Twitter. There's a lot of knee-jerk reaction to when and whenever anybody says anything. But especially when a high-profile player such as Rory goes that extra step and really takes that filter off and says what he said. Now, the thing with, with Rory, he's kind of got this mentality and this, this aura about him where people are already kind of questioning his maturity in many instances. When he's playing great golf, it seems like no one cares about how the guy acts. And I'm not even saying that I necessarily have a problem with the way that he acts or the way that he presents himself or, or uh, says certain things during press conferences, but Rory seems to, along with Jordan Speed, seem to have very touch-and-go uh, opinions held about them, at least in terms of uh, the media. Now, one opinion that I'd really appreciated uh, was Mr. Shane Ryan's, a friend of the show. He's been in the, this podcast a couple times. He actually wrote a great piece uh, for Golf Digest, and he basically agreed. You know, Rory McElroy, Rory McElroy is right. It's not his job to grow the game. That's actually the headline of uh, Shane's piece. And in the piece, you know, Shane just goes so far as to say that, you know, this isn't his responsibility. It's not Rory McIlroy's responsibility to get more people to play the game of golf. Especially at a time when, believe it or not, golf is more out in the mainstream than ever before. It really is. And I'm of the opinion that it's probably not going to be any more mainstream than it is right now. Could be wrong about that. I hope I am wrong about that. But with just think of all the different methods and, and forms of media that can get the game out for anyone globally to see, even if in passing you're able to see 
a shot or two any week of the year, especially now with the wraparound schedule, at least on the PGA Tour, and then certainly the multitude of other tours worldwide. But even going further back than that, and, and it's it's funny when you, you read another opinion about, you know, not, not from Shane Ryan, but just in general, the opinion that Tiger Woods helped grow the game and helped boost participation. It's just the most ridiculous thing in the world because that never happened. I don't know where people are getting that impression, but Tiger Woods did not bring more players to the game. At least not in any statistically significant uh, volume. Yeah, he may have driven a few more, you know, say Nike Golf sales, or at the time when he first started, Titleist sales, and he probably, you know, got a few more rounds of golf played in a year, but all of that was just a flash in the pan. He did not really appeal that much, at least as far as these statistics go, to urban, poor golfers, or would-be golfers, who still can't afford to play the game. It's still the same right now, by the way. Who, even at the time in, in Tiger's peak, were very much instant gratification, a generation of instant gratification. Golf just simply doesn't lend itself to that. You have to dedicate four to five hours, six, maybe even seven hours if you play on an extremely busy course in some of the larger cities, especially if you count travel and everything else. And let's not forget that even after you, let's just say you go to your neighborhood used sports equipment store and you're able to pick up a halfway decent set of clubs for what, maybe $100 if you're lucky, $200 probably if it's a decent set of clubs. If it's brand new, you're looking about, you know, $1,000. It's crazy. Even after you find, let's just assume your, your grandfather's old set of golf clubs. You still have to pay, what, 50 bucks on a weekend at just a normal quote-unquote course in your neighborhood? I mean, it's it's incredibly expensive. There are f- We've all heard this before. We've, we've had this conversation, and it hasn't changed. And Rory McIlroy isn't going to change the game. It's, he's not going to make the game less expensive. He's not going to make the uh, original uh, golf manufacturers... Uh, He's not going to convince them to sell their product for less money. Nothing has changed in regard to the game itself. So why are we putting the burden on him and players like him when they have absolutely no control over how the game can change and should change for the better if we really want to have more people play this game? It makes no sense to me. So Rory's not a stupid person. He's an extremely intelligent guy. He knows that that's not his responsibility. He knows that he has no control over any of this. And so when he comes out at a press conference and he says these things, that it's not his responsibility. He's just he's just calling it as it is. So why are we getting upset? It's just something that I the the reactions that I that I saw. Just people have to stop and think. I praised him for it. I loved him. I actually gained more respect for Rory after those comments because, God forbid, somebody actually understands what's going on in the thing that he does for a living and is intelligent enough to throw it out there. Yeah, some people might call him selfish, whatever. You know what? It's an individual game. People 
have to understand that professional golfers establish their legacy not because of Olympic gold medals. And yes, I know that they haven't played golf in the Olympics enough for me to even really say that. But still, that's not going to boost a professional golfer's legacy as much, not even close, to winning major championships. That's how legends are made in this sport. We're just going to forget that. And now we're going to force all these great players, these professional players that we could see every week anyway, to go and compete for an Olympic gold medal that really doesn't mean anything. And that don't even get me started with the whole professional versus amateur conversation when it comes with uh, when it comes to who's, who's competing in the games. That basketball screwed that up, but whatever. We all we all love the dream team, right? We all want to see that again. We want to catch catch that that flame again. So where does what does this mean for Olympic golf? Well, basically, Olympic golf is going to happen again in 2020. The decision, however, about whether or not it's going to continue after the 2020 games, uh, that decision comes next year. And this is this this thing's going to die in the vine already. There's no way that it goes past 2020. These players don't want to go. It's an incredibly hectic schedule. They're going to have to have a major overhaul on the entire PGA Tour slash basically any other tour outside of the Olympic Games uh, to allow these guys to play or to just have time to do it. And let's not forget they're not getting paid to do it either. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. A world golf championship is, is more prestigious in my opinion at least in terms of competition and what's on the line, than the Olympic Games in terms of golf. So let me know what you think in regard to that. Uh, you can look me up again on Twitter at uh, Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Let me know why I'm wrong. Let me know what your thoughts are in, in, in regard to Olympic golf. I'd love to hear about it. Um, again, uh, many apologies for those of you who have not been able to uh, automatically download the most recent episodes. We actually had a conversation not too long ago with Mr. Rob Zimmerman, uh, formerly of 3UP Golf, those great, uh, the great independent golf ball brand company, uh, which uh, uh, go out, download that episode. Uh, you'll have to go out to the site to find it. You can also find it on iTunes, by the way. You're just going to have to kind of dig through the, uh, the feed a little bit and then download the appropriate episode. Um, hopefully, I've been trying to get uh, uh, one guest on the show, and I've actually had to cancel twice uh, for various reasons. But hopefully, we'll have a, a guest on the show. If not this week, then certainly uh, very soon. Um, if there's a product uh, or a service that you guys want to see me review or hear me talk about or hear me interview somebody from that company, let me know who you'd like me to talk to. I've already got a few folks who have reached out to me in that regard, and I'm working on getting those people set up. I love to hear about new brands. I love to try new products, and I love to write reviews about them and talk about them on the site. So uh, until then, this is your buddy Adam signing off. <laughs>